If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. Welcome, Bravehearts. Uh, You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio. And I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're going to talk about three things. Those three things are clean water, empowered girls, and spiritual connectedness. I know that sounds like some big topics. Uh, check out our sponsor website, BraveHeartsForKids.org, and you can e- email me at mission specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Uh, you can also call us at 866-472-5788. Uh, I've got a guest today, so I expect we'll be taking calls in later shows. Be sure to connect with us on social media, too. You can like us and follow us on Facebook, the BraveHearts for Kids Facebook page. Also connect with me on LinkedIn, too. And want to hear from you. So uh, email me, connect with on LinkedIn. Our guest today is Sherry Sarver Johnson, my favorite guest, really my favorite person. She's the mad scientist and uh, mad for make a difference. And she can be reached through the BraveHeartsForKids.org website. Uh, that's the, uh, she's the uh, chairperson of the board for Bravehearts for Kids. Uh, pediatric cancer charity. Welcome, Sherry. It's good to be here. Thank well, you. Great, great to have you. You know, I, I, I often tell the story, and I know you've heard this uh, over and over again, about, uh, you know, I, I think of it as a, a chamber of commerce story or a story that I tell at a Rotary Club meeting. And I, I tell this story often, and it's the idea that we live in the best time in the history of the world. We, we live in the best place in the history of the world and it's 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 good and you know it's it's not just good it's great and it's getting better and it's getting better fast and it's exciting to watch it happen but it's exhilarating to be part of making it happen and i know over the years you've inspired me as a person that is is one of the people that is making it happen and we've talked about three things that are key to making this happen worldwide peace and prosperity and those three things are uh, clean water everywhere empowered girls and uh, spiritual connectedness and I, I think of you as a as, as a real expert on on all of these areas. Um, wow! <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think I know a thing or two, but and it's wonderful to engage other people who are really active in these areas and and learn what they're doing and how we can participate in some way, either large or small, to to make a difference. Yeah, and, and you know we all, we always say doing good anywhere does good everywhere. So large or small, if we if we if we do something, even the, even the tiniest thing to help is something that makes a positive difference, right? Right. I, I believe a lot of it has to do with attitude and softening our attitude from feeling like we as a people, uh, whatever the group might be, uh, know what we're doing to just being open to learn because some of the, the things that need to change in the world are just ideas that we've had about 
people and places mm-hmm. uh, that inadvertently hold those people back. And uh, we talked about empowering girls, and I think that's a big part of it is we have to challenge the assumptions that we've made over centuries. And sometimes those assumptions are invisible or you don't even realize we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, particularly with the uh, the idea of empowered girls, uh, and I say empowered girls rather than empowered women, because I think it begins at the, at the young age uh, where education is an opportunity. And so much of the world... Education still is not a, an opportunity for for the girls, and you know we you know we we know that when when uh, the whole world gets the full intellectual impact of both the boys and the girls, that's going to make a big difference. Absolutely, and I believe that a big part of what shapes us as an individual is our identity. And a big part of what shapes our identity is how we grow up and what we're told Mm -hmm. because we're just a child. We assume limitations and then work from that place of limitation when that's the norm, when we're taught, Mm -hmm. well, girls do this or they don't do that or it's not nice or it's whatever it is, you know, it it becomes the core identity that later on we might have a hard time challenging because we just, that's our worldview. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, and that worldview that becomes our reality. You know, so. Yeah, both from the woman and the man's standpoint later on, because in order to be able to do things in the world and to express ourselves in the world, we have to come from a strong sense of possibility. Mm-hmm. And when those possibilities aren't even in our mindset, it's very difficult to change. Well, and I know that throughout history and even in much of the world today, uh, women and girls especially are property. I mean that just seems bizarre to me. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's 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 true, and it's you know most people I guess were property of someone else throughout history, and that's one one of the reasons I say we live in the best time in the history of the world. You know, I use the the, the example of England, and you know, mm-hmm. country we consider to be relatively civilized. Hello to all our English listeners. Uh, you know, but five hundred years ago. Uh, the, uh, the 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 Anglicans were were burning Lutherans at the stake, you know. And um, yeah, think about that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I was at a I was at a Rotary meeting recently, and there there were uh, Anglicans and Lutherans at the same table. I mean, Episcopalians in America, but uh, you know, they were at the at the same nobody table. They, nobody was trying. Nobody was trying to light each other on fire. You know, it's like they didn't even they, they didn't even bother them to be at the same table. And so yeah. we've, you know, in it, it I think there's. Um, we have a tendency to be impatient about things, but when I say things are, are um, moving and are, are as good as they've ever been and better than they've ever been, um, I, I think it's it's really something that uh, that is a mindset, right? Yeah, yeah, and actually what you just said about pulling back and looking at historically is really important to not get discouraged because part of the wonderful the downside of the wonderful progress that we're making is the more progress we make, the more we realize we need to make. Yeah. And then we can get focused on the gap between where we are and where we want to be. And the marvelous thing that we even have this conversation because a hundred years ago, women weren't even voting in the United States, which we herald as, you know, one of the most progressive countries in the world. So looking at it from that standpoint, we have to, really give ourselves some credit mm-hmm. 
but also at the same time realize that we've just begun. Mm-hmm. Well, in our, our friends in England, they uh, they led the way by abolishing slavery, for example. I think it was about 1839, mm-hmm. if I remember my history right. And we both admire quite a lot um, the, the, the terrific journalist Bill Moyers and something that he said. And he said, Americans know everything about the last 24 hours, but almost, but very little about the last 60 years and almost nothing about the last 60 centuries. And it, it came came around yesterday when I was um, I was getting a haircut and I was talking to, to the barber, young guy, you know, twenty something years years old, and and uh, you know we were he, we were talking about uh, something he said and he admired my hat and I said, oh, it's, it's from this, you know, Sherry got it for me, uh, got the hat for me because it was uh, what a character had in a movie. The the movie was um, for whom the bell tolls, mm-hmm. and the character was. Uh, was what was uh, who was the the guy that uh, Gary, Cooper. Gary Cooper? Yeah, high noon. Gary Cooper. Yeah, uh, and uh, and he was um, uh, uh, and I I told uh, I told him I, I said uh, it was this movie for whom the bell tolls and she says that sounds familiar. I said yeah, it was written by Ernest Ernest Hemingway, and he 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 said I I don't know that name. I said, you know, there was the character that uh, Gary Cooper played in For Whom the Bell Tolls. And when he came on screen the first time, I looked at that and I thought, wow, he was Indiana Jones before Indiana Jones was Indiana Jones. You know, he had that leather jacket, he had the hat, and he had that look that um, at some point somebody said, hey, that look from Gary Gary Cooper had mm-hmm. in, <laughs> in... Yeah, I mean, every 20, 30 years, it's all new again. It's, it's really interesting that um, we forget, you know, what came before that's one of the things that I love about hanging out with you is you have all these amazing historical facts <laughs> that I haven't thought about since school well how, how like, do I describe myself sometimes well I know you're definitely going to be my my lifeline if I ever get a my, chance your, your to life, on, yeah lifeline uh, for cash show, yeah something like that it's, it's pretty amazing yeah. well you know I've often uh, I've often heard Brian you know more useless information than anyone I've ever known. And it's, and it's like, you know, now it's not even, it's lost some of the fun of knowing that, except that. Because you know, it's you, useless? You, well, no, <laughs> I mean, it's always been useless, but um, and now now it's so easy to find that stuff out anyway. Oh, you know, yeah, if if you've got a fifth Google, grader yeah. at the table, they're, they're Googling it. And uh, I know we, I was at a seminar recently and they said, they said, you know, Google doesn't want you to use the, the, the term Googling, you know, because that's a verb and that turns uh, them into a generic, you know, and things like that. Intellectual property, interesting stuff, but. Uh, I think they're way past that. Because I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Google all the time. Yeah, and then that's uh, you know that's uh, you know one of my favorite words ubiquitous. It's it's everywhere. So we uh, you know we've we're uh, um, we've got three topics today: um, it, clean water everywhere, empowered girls, and spiritual connectedness. And you know each one, you know, frankly, each one of them could be the basis for its own show. Could be thirteen weeks on its own. Yeah, show. we could do. You know, you could have. You could have the clean water show, and that could be something that um, that could be, um, you know, that you could have that every week forever. You know, uh, the Empowered Girls Show. You know, you could have that every week forever in spiritual connectedness, and and I think there really are, you know, you know, great opportunities to listen in on that kind of thing. And we're giving it an, a little bit of an overview. So, um, clean water everywhere, empowered girls, and spiritual connectedness. I know we've got a break coming up here fairly soon, so um, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll we'll go to break, 
And um, we'll be with you on the other side of 60 Seconds. Stick with us, all right? Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You are listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about three things with our guest, Sherry Sarver-Johnson, the chairperson of the board of Brave Hearts for Kids. We're talking about clean water everywhere, empowered girls, and spiritual connectedness. Three things that we've identified as the keys to worldwide peace and prosperity going forward. To connect with us, uh, check out our sponsor website. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. You can email me at missionspecialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. And especially if you've got a story or uh, uh, someone that inspires you that you want to talk about, that uh, we can get on the air and talk about uh, your story. And uh, we're starting to set things up for December and into January with our with our guests for these things. Got a couple of fun things lined up. And uh, back with uh, uh, Sherry Sarver Johnson, the mad scientist for mad for make a difference. You know, I, I, frankly, I don't think I've ever really seen you angry. Oh, but I get mad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, one of the best things I, I learned was uh, at, a, at, a, at a seminar workshop, there was a psychologist there, and she, she spoke about the idea of, of um, anger. And she said, anger is what happens when we don't, when, when things don't go the way that we wanted to, things don't go the way that we wanted them to, and 
we had uh, a, a belief that we were entitled to have them go the way we wanted them to. And it, it reminds me of, you know, what, what we say about fairness, you know, fairness. Uh, I, I don't know who said this, but it's a, another of my, you know, hundreds of favorite quotes. But uh, fairness is is the um, the argument of children and fools. And it's the idea that, uh, you know, well, well, what is fair? It's like fair is when I get my way. You know, well, that sounds like a child's argument, you know, but, uh, you know, there's uh, that's a that's a whole big topic. Well, you know, once I I have to just throw this in, once I learned that when we get angry or we go into that fight or flight, pretty much half our brain shuts down Mm. so that we can have all the blood flow to that one part. I'm like, I need all the brain cells I can get. I can't afford to get angry here. I just got to slow it down and try to use my whole brain, you know. Yeah, and you know, there's that uh, that quote that I, you know, I do voices sometimes and and there's one, I don't know if you recognize this or not, but fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. You know, and uh, I think that's from Buddha originally, but uh, yeah, anyway, without regard to yeah, sounds sounded Buddhist. Uh, so you said uh, uh, when we went to the break, uh, you said you uh, you had some thoughts that you wanted to uh, to to get into. I did. Uh, yeah, that you said you were you were going to launch into something. Oh but... no, no! I had something I wanted to say <laughs> At before, the time. Oh. and then I just went quiet because. I thought you were doing signals like we're going off the air. And I'm like, well, this is going to take too long. No. So, I mean, that thought it's passed. I don't even know what it was. Oh, well, I, you know, that that happened. But you have so many good ideas that, you know, another one will, will surely come along. <laughs> so. we, we, we made a connection recently with the uh, with the Rotary Clubs. And uh, one thing that we, we really liked about the Rotary Clubs is that one of their core values is for clean water. And so we're, you know, we're, we're meeting with and we're speaking to uh, rotary clubs and, and making connections with, with them because, you know, that's, uh, that's something that we, we see that as um, an organization that, uh, and, you know, they have um, over a million members worldwide. Um, I remember uh, a, a walk that I participated in in uh, San Diego. And my sister helped set it up in, uh, in outside of San Diego, and it must be 15 years ago. And it was a walk for Darfur. And I, I reckon there's a, a lot of people that just wouldn't recollect the crisis in Darfur. But um, uh, Darfur is in East Africa. And there was, uh, I, I think it was a civil war that was uh, creating a lot of problems with the refugees. And there was a, a woman who spoke uh, after the walk. And she, she was, um, uh, uh, if, you know, if I remember right now, this is a long time ago. I think she was the uh, Miss Universe contestant from Ethiopia. I don't know if that makes sense. But, um, uh, and, it, you know, if there's a correction someone can, can make on that, I don't remember her name. But what she said was, when she was a little girl, uh, they were refugees. And she and her, her mom and her little brother, uh, her older brothers and her father had been killed. Uh, she and her mom and her little brother would spend their days wandering around the refugee camp and, and wherever they could go see, searching for water. And it, it, wow. was, it was so... You know, you, you think, you know, starving people and, and people looking for food, looking for shelter and, and looking for water. Uh, water is is such a key to, in, in, in the way we see it, to worldwide peace and prosperity because 
clean water is 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 uh, is essential to good health. Well, it's almost like breathing. If you can't, if you didn't have air to breathe, you wouldn't live very long. If you don't have water to drink, you don't live very long. Yeah, I think I think you can do without food for. Oh my gosh, I, I think people can do without yeah. food for for uh, maybe even weeks at a time. Um, you know, I think if if we've gone twenty four hours or seventy two hours without eating, we mm-hmm. think that's a that's a long, long time. But it's something that we, I, I guess, I could just speak for myself, take for granted because we have it in abundance mm-hmm. here, and it's not until you have some time where you can't get water or whatever, you know, for a few hours, you realize, wow, you know, it is so critical. It is, yeah, and and uh, and it's it clean water. Uh, is is such a um, uh, is such a uh, uh, a part of good health, mm-hmm. you know. Um, where epidemics, you know, I you look at the great greatest. That's probably not a great word for it, but uh, the worst uh, disasters uh, and things like the the floods in China that uh, were you know that a million people are. Are died because of the flood, and it's not because they were swept away or drowned. Most of them uh, uh, succumbed to some sort of waterborne illness, mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, a couple of U.S. presidents died of cholera. Um, things that we we just don't really imagine even as part of what our um, uh, you know, part, part something to worry about or something to be concerned about because we take for granted the water that we mm-hmm. have that's clean, you know, right. almost everywhere here. And there are some really great organizations that are addressing that issue. Mm-hmm. And I didn't put, bring my notes on that. Oh, it's not one of my yeah. fortes. Notes? <laughs> Either one, I guess. Or water. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't need notes, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah, true. You, you you can spark all the conversation I need here. Well, okay. So you know, everything reminds me of a story, and I know I just bounce from thing to thing, and and uh, hopefully the listeners find these things interesting, and and uh, they 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 do let us know. You know, we get some feedback and get a lot of email stuff like that. Uh, the, the other night we were watching an old 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 movie. Uh, Dr. Strangelove. Uh, remember that? That was yeah. a waste of time. <laughs> I hate to say it. I was like, I was looking for something to just lose myself in for a couple hours, you know, just some I loved kind Pe- of... I loved Peter Sellers in the Pink Panther. I was you like, know, no wonder we grew up thinking the world was going to end. Yeah, was, and the the uh, the uh, goofy general that was uh, make it, doing the rant on fluoridation, you know, it's oh, like, yeah, we got fluoride yeah, in our way. It was funny. It, 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 it's it ironic. Was, there was yeah. some funny stuff in it, it but you got to you got to think, okay, that was that was uh, from 1964 that was made, I think. I don't know. You know that at the time that uh, man, I gotta believe that that wasn't really funny at that time. You know that uh, I I don't know. Uh, was it was it? I don't know. Is, is is it one of those things that over time it's become like oh that's no let's look at that that political satire and uh, all that business anyway. So uh, clean water everywhere, good health. Um, one of the things that I remember reading a uh, long time ago. I mean by long time ago I mean like maybe eight years. Uh, it was. Um, about how uh, counterintuitive it is, and I love things that are counterintuitive because they really kind of stretch your mind. But the the counterintuitive notion that um, clean water 
will help reduce uh, the overpopulation uh, of the of of Earth. Um, you know, overpopulation. There's a there's a, a pejorative term. You know, do we have too many people, or do we have not enough? It, 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 you know, we have what we have here, but um, uh, population growth is the highest in countries with high levels of infant mortality. And so in countries where there is low infant mortality, the, uh, the population growth tends to be, tends to be low. And, I, and the ex- explanation that was given in this, in, in this uh, 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 narrative was that uh, in the countries where there's a high level of infant mortality, uh, people have more and more children. Uh, knowing that some of them are going to uh, not make it through childhood. And I think, you know, so they have bigger families and they have uh, population growth and they're uh, generally uh, uh, more impoverished and they, they don't have the clean water. But having the clean water creates a, uh, a system, a society where where they, um, uh, their population is under control. And they're, you know, I, I, I guess we look at this and we say 100 years ago in the U.S., 200 years ago in the U.S., um, there were uh, a lot of, uh, there was a much higher level of, of children not making it into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, both of my parents had uh, brothers and sisters that I never got to meet because uh, they, they, they were just, uh, they, they, you know, died when they were two or three years, you know, and, um, and uh, did, did just uh, didn't make it uh, out of childhood. Um, so that clean water is really a, a, a focus. And then... Uh, well, when you're talking about, you know, world prosperity, I guess that'd be something that would be interesting to define what it is. Oh, prosperity? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good question. You know, I mean, there's prosperity, there's poverty. Uh, we talk about poverty here in the United States. And for the, for the most part, poverty in the United States uh, is not what uh, poverty around the world is or poverty throughout history is. There's a, there's a relative poverty, and I think that's defined as the uh, lowest 20% of incomes. So as populations increase in the U.S., for example, there will always be more people living in poverty mm-hmm. uh, because uh, if, if it's 20% of 300 million people or 20% of 400 million people, it's just the, the, the rate is going up going or the the number is going up mm-hmm. the rate is constant um worldwide the, the idea is um uh the the term i've heard is absolute poverty mm-hmm. and that's i think the the people who are searching for water uh in darfur mm-hmm. you know they're they're at the at the tail end of absolute poverty you know that's that's uh, desolation, and that's uh, that's a, that's a real. That's a mindset of don't even know if we're going to make it through today. Yeah, we don't know if we're going to make it through today. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Well, something um, I was thinking of while you were talking, it just kind of makes sense that if the population dies early, there's less wisdom to pass on. So it's almost like, mm-hmm. you know, fifty first days, like it's all new children, more or less, making decisions without the wisdom. Of, of someone who's lived longer, and, mm-hmm. and it's like you know each generation just trying to figure it out from scratch each time. Yeah, well, I think yeah, and and uh, uh, and, and I think maybe that's why you know the 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 uh, the like the the concept of the medicine man or the medicine woman is something. I, I wonder if that's uh, um, you know in in our anth- is it anthrop 
anthropological terms, you know, like long, long time ago, if that would be, I think of like the clan of the cave bear stories, you know, the, mm-hmm. the medicine woman and she was, she was the oldest uh, person in the tribe. And so she had the knowledge and she uh, was there when, when even the, the, the clan's leader was born, you know, mm-hmm. so she can say, you know, Hey, I've known you, I, I've, mm-hmm. I, I've known you since you were little, you know, so don't try to pull that with me, you know, so that, that, that wisdom of the medicine man, medicine woman, right? Well, I think we could probably tie a lot of the progress that we've made in sort of in the Western civilization to longer lifespans because, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, people weren't living nearly as long as they are now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to um, the Middle Ages, 40 was old. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, the average age, you know, some of the the kings and queens lived longer because they had mm-hmm. better care for themselves but the average I, I think I read somewhere was like 28 was like you know yeah yeah like, well, I think I'm, I think you know the uh, the life expectancy in the U.S. at at, at nineteen hundred was about forty seven years. Yeah, so think about that. Forty seven is is uh, forty seven is lifespan in Afghanistan, which is the worst in the world right now. Yeah, it's um, like you're working on a project, you're about to break through, and you croak, and then you got to start all over. Some well, other yeah. person tries to do and it, you know, next hundred years from now or whatever. Take you know? up the mantle on yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, you know what I. I, I I'm looking for a segue into our other sector. But <laughs> I think I'm thinking, you know who's going to you know who's going to solve these problems is going to be us. It's going to be girls. You know, this yeah. is going to be uh, uh, places where 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 girls are not allowed to be educated. Uh, they're going to uh, have the opportunity to get an education. They're going to have the opportunity to choose their destiny. Mm-hmm. Is that I don't know if you can choose your destiny. If, that wouldn't actually be destiny, then would it? But um, if you could choose, you could choose, choose but you could choose. You know, you could choose what, have, what like, you do with destinies. your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could choose, and and um, and that has. And you know what? It, I tell you what. I think it's uh, personally my my thinking is that it's exciting to be with a woman that knows what she's doing, where she wants to go, and and who she is. Yeah. Well, it wasn't always that way. You yeah. know, I I credit college with opening my mind tremendously because I went into college thinking at one level and then I just started to see what all opportunities were available mm-hmm. and so that's what education can do it's it's amazing and when you were in school you were um you, you were uh, IT right it was M- mm-hmm. M- uh, MIT? No, not no. MIT. MIS. No, I mean it wasn't at, at MIT, but MI, MIS. What was that? What was this called? Yeah, management. It's, like, it's basically computer science, math, and with a little business thrown in. Yeah, and I know there's an in, there's there's a real um, uh, emphasis now on what they call STEM, right? Science, mm-hmm. technology, engineering, and math, uh, and and especially with. Um, you know, encouraging girls to do that. Now, see, when I grew up, uh, the, the girls at, at my school, uh, when I was in grade school and in high school, the girls were always the smartest ones. They were, they were the only ones with the four points were the girls, and the rest of us were just dumb jocks, you know. And we, it wasn't that we were dumb, and it wasn't that we were all jocks. We were just, we weren't as serious about school. Um, and, you know, in, in a way, I think there's something of a taking for granted uh, of the opportunity mm-hmm. uh, for, for many people. I mean, many, many people as Americans, we just think, wow, we are so prosperous. Um, but, um, uh, but I always saw the, the girls in, in, uh, 
in, in my school and the girls I grew up with as being the harder workers and the better students. And so I just assumed they were smart. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and so I, I think that's where the uh, a, a lot of the world's problems will be solved. Because when we, when we say if if most of you look at look at there weren't a lot of well-known women scientists in the time of Galileo. Well, and if they were, they couldn't put their name on things. I, I think I was telling you about the book I just read, uh, Hedy Lamar, and it's just amazing what she went through inventing something that could help us win the war, and she wasn't taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And then when they did take her seriously, they did it in a secret way so that she never got credit for it. Mm-hmm. And she really laid the foundation for Wi-Fi, for cell phone communication, you know, back in the 40s. And because she was a woman, they were like, uh, we can't let our guys know this came from a woman. They won't want to do it. Yeah, and Hedy Lamar was, uh, my, my recollection is Hedy Lamar was, uh, was, a, was a, a beautiful, glamorous uh, woman that was... Well, maybe- she was considered the most beautiful woman of the world in the world at her time hmm. in her time interesting tie in here with our mad scientist in my opinion <laughs> so um we've uh, we're we're uh we're we're really rolling along here we're about to go to a break again we'll talk uh, a little bit more about uh, Hedy Lamar and some of the credit that has or has not gone to uh, the women that have achieved things over the years. Uh, when we come back from with our break, uh, coming back with you on the other side of 60 Seconds again, stick with us. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Brave Hearts Radio is sponsored by Brave Hearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back, Bravehearts. Uh, you're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. I don't fly the rockets. I 
just make sure that the mission gets accomplished. You're tuned into voiceamerica.com. We're with a leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about three things, clean water everywhere, empowered girls, and spiritual connectedness uh, with uh, our guest, Sherry Sarver-Johnson, the mad scientist, mad for make a difference. Sherry is the chairperson of the board of Brave Hearts for Kids. And uh, if you want to connect with uh, Sherry or connect with us uh, through our sponsor website, uh, BraveHeartsForKids.org, you can email me at mission specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org and like and follow us on uh, the Brave Hearts for Kids Facebook page or uh, connect with me on uh, on LinkedIn. And we're making connections for our our next shows in December and January. Talk about your ideas, your uh, inspirations, those who inspire you, what you've got going that uh, may inspire others. Remember, a brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. I'm also collecting top 10 listener quotes. What's your favorite quote and why? Uh, it can be your own or it can be what someone else said, especially um, and, and especially if you uh, if you heard it on this show, love to hear that. Say, what's your top ten listener uh, listener quotes? And we're going to be uh, going through and, and having some of that. Uh, always got to point out uh, one of our um, our great sponsors for Bravehearts for Kids is uh, the National Day Calendar, nationaldaycalendar.com, for all the the fun national days and and some of them that are also pretty serious. Like today, uh, November 11th is Veterans Day. Uh, It's also Sunday Day, S-U-N-D-A-E. And I understand the story of the uh, ice cream sundae comes from uh, suburban Chicago in a business called the Colonial Cafe, in uh, the uh, western western suburbs, and on um, at some time uh, when they had what they call blue laws and couldn't be open on Sunday and things like that, um, it was illegal to sell uh, carbonated beverages like uh, like an ice cream soda. So uh, an ice cream soda is uh, ice cream with, uh, say, chocolate syrup and then uh, spritzer water or soda water. And they couldn't sell those on Sundays. So what they did is they sold it without the soda water, and they called it a Sunday special. That's the story I've heard on on uh, the origin of the ice cream Sunday. So I'm going to stick with I that. I have never heard that. Amazing. You, you haven't heard that? Oh, no. It's, it's well, I'm not a big ice cream person. So. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I am. I you know I especially like to make sure that we have ice cream when we have company and have kids. So, yeah. uh, you know, get a you know if you've got a couple of kids coming over, make sure we got a gallon of ice cream. Uh, <laughs> you never know. These kids eat a lot of ice cream. <laughs> they do. Yeah. So you had something that you wanted well, to. Well, you know, uh, when you mentioned quote before, asking oh, yeah. people for quotes, I've thought, oh, that reminds me, I have um, a quote from. Uh, Melinda Gates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is from her book, The Moment of Lift, How Empowering Women Changes the World. And the quote is, when you lift up women, you lift up everybody, families, communities, entire countries. Wow. We should probably see if we can get Melinda Gates on the show. How about that? That's a, Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Well, that's I mean, she's... she's a, to me, the expert in this whole topic. She, that's exactly right. When you look, and you know, we always say doing good anywhere does good everywhere. And I, I say, you know, uh, I think sometimes people get frustrated because they can't lift up everything. 
You know, they can't change the world. They can't make everything better. And I, and I always say, pick up a cigarette, but you've mm-hmm. made the world a better place. Help one girl. Well, I haven't read her book, mm-hmm. and I'm really inspired to read her book. Mm-hmm. And actually, because she was mentioned in the UUAW newsletter. The AUW? You know, the yeah. University what did I say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably said it backwards. Yeah. So I, I was like, wow, you know, I, I've known, you know, about her and I've read things about her. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this book was out. Yeah, it looks really interesting. I'd love to see what, you know, read the stories that she supposedly tells that people yeah. say are really remarkable because she's done a lot of work overseas and she's even spent the nights with some of the women that they serve to sounds, understand yeah. from the inside out what they go through. Well, that's, you know, and, and that's how, wow, that sounds like a great uh a, a great mission sounds like a terrific story looking forward to uh to catching that now I, I remember that you read the Hedy lamar story just about straight through right well yeah it's not a long book mm-hmm. and we were at the airport so i was like well this this looks get, like get something yeah. you know get started very fascinating i mean her her story starts back in Austria as an actress and then she ends up marrying the most powerful man in Austria which he sold arms to Mussolini and the Austrian government at the time when they were in alignment with one another and they mm-hmm. were really hoping that Mussolini was going to protect them and save them from invasion mm-hmm. of, of the Nazis and uh, at some point she realizes that her husband is, is flipping sides to save himself and mm. She escapes from mm-hmm. their palace by dressing up as the maid. It is a whole long story, wow. but anyway, wow. yeah. it, it was just so incredible. I mean, the courage that she had yeah. and uh, chutzpah, I guess that would be a good word to use mm-hmm. there. She is Jewish. And she came to this country, got a, a contract right away with MGM, and began her work as an actress in film here. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, she had a heart to help because she knew from the inside out what these weapons could do. Because at some point, her husband had noticed that she was quite intelligent and he would start mm-hmm. including her in his meetings mm-hmm. and taking her to his, to, when he would go and examine a manufacturing site. And she would overhear bits and pieces about what the, the weapons could do. And she heard kind of through this, you know, from the side, you know, that one of the biggest problems with was that the torpedoes would be jammed because the enemy would find out which channel was being used to detonate the torpedo at a certain t- a time mm-hmm. and they would jam it. So then the torpedo would blow up somewhere else, like where it didn't work yeah, before yeah. it hit the target. Oh. And so everybody had this problem. The Nazis had the problem. Everybody had this problem because at the time the technology that's the technology that they had was it was huge that they had remote control and they thought that was great but it wasn't working well because the the, mm-hmm. the signal jamming and so in her mind while she's doing her job as an actress she's obsessed with with solving this problem mm-hmm. and she believes she can yeah and she got somebody who wasn't didn't have any scientific background but she saw that he had done inventions mm-hmm. with music. And one day when they were playing the piano together, uh, she got this idea of hopping channels. So, you know, you could 
send the signal, part of it on one channel, part of it on another channel, and go back and forth. And you would just need to know what the pattern the was, the yeah. code, yeah. on both ends. And you could send it and receive it. And they actually built a device that was kind of like the player piano where, uh-huh. where they had the roll. With the roll. And with the, the roll. And the holes in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you know, took it to the Navy. It is a whole long thing. You know, they got a patent. And the Navy was so condescending to her. You know, it was like, well, you would be better off out there doing fundraising. You know, you're not an inventor. And, and they just totally blew her off. But at <laughs> some point. Uh, someone did take it seriously, and it became one of the t- top secret projects of the Navy. Mm-hmm. She never got any credit, but she was able to contribute to to winning the war. That well, way. I, I remember hearing about her as someone who was uh, was a code maker or code yeah, breaker. Yeah, so that's what she did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then that's, that's how she the came. Story. And, yeah. and you know, it just goes to show you, you don't necessarily have to have training in a certain thing mm-hmm. to figure it out. And that it just it. She was obsessed with. We're gonna. We. I have to help because mm-hmm. she basically left all her friends and family behind, and you know she knew she would hear the stories about what was going on, and and she was devastated and just wanted to do something yeah, yeah. to make a difference. Well, left her friends and family behind. Yeah, I know you've you've uh, mentioned a story about some of your ancestors that uh, when they came from was it Switzerland mm-hmm. yeah, that that they had to leave everything behind. Yeah, yeah, just to be here. Just, yeah. just to come here. Because at the time, it was illegal to immigrate to the United States. And this was back in the 1700s. Mm-hmm. You, If you did want to leave, you could go. But you had to leave behind your property. You weren't allowed to sell your property ahead of time to take mm-hmm. the money with you. Yeah. You couldn't take any money. You just had to go with yeah, your person. Yeah, there was person. no wire transfer yeah, or anything like that. You just had to yeah. go with your person. Wow, yeah. And they started over. Yeah. But they were free. And I was, you know, think of you know, people like my, my grandfather, you know, my, my dad's dad. And, and I don't know my other... Uh, ancestors nearly well their stories but uh, dad's dad came from um, Romania uh, what we call Romania now they called it Hungary at the time um, because he came uh, in the early 20th century and his family had, had immigrated to that area from Alsace-Lorraine which is um, part of France now but was part of Germany when the when the people left that area because uh, it became part of France again after World War One and and my kids would ask well what are we then I said well, you know what we're people <laughs> you're Americans you know because because uh, we're here yeah. you know so yeah. um, it's it's kind of like the, uh, the the Ray Bradbury story with the, yeah. with the man and his little his son on Mars and the little boy says show me show me the Martians show me the Martians and the the man takes him to a uh, find find some uh, a pond and he says he says look in look in there and they look and they see their reflection the man says to his son there are the martians uh there we are because we are here and so so well we kind of got talking about women that have contributed to changes you know to making history and maybe not really have been celebrated or we don't learn Mm -hmm. about them Mm -hmm. and and this also contributes to i believe like when girls find out like other women did amazing things it opens their field of vision mm-hmm. of what's possible for them. Yeah, you know, and, and when I do the mission specialist uh, routine as a um, as a presentation, uh, what, what I've what I've got is my as my uh, persona or my the picture in my mind of how I should present myself as the mission specialist. You know, don't fly the rockets, mm-hmm. just help make sure things get get accomplished. Is the Kevin Costner character in in that uh, terrific movie about the ladies that. Oh, now, now you make me have a brain freeze. Yeah, the um, brain freeze. It's, it's, it's not numbers. It's um, 
hidden figures. Hidden figures, hidden figures yes. Yeah, and uh, and the the uh, uh, the women that that did uh, did the the the, the calculations, the, the, the mathematical yeah. heavy lifting, you know, to get the rockets off. Uh, in, that in, was a great movie. All yeah. the rocket science, yeah, 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 and just you know, I mean, just little crazy stuff like. Uh, uh, like having to run run across the base just to go to the bathroom. Like, oh yeah, you gotta be kidding now, me. There's another yeah. quote from uh, I was reading the quotes from Melinda's book is that women will rise when we quit holding them down. Yeah. you know we don't yeah. necessarily yeah. have to uplift them as much as quit holding them back. Well, women and you know all the because another aspect of of the hidden figures was the fact that the that the, that the women that were involved were black right. and and so they were uh, they were. Um, uh, they, they were di- discriminated against in a different way. And that's then, then, you know, there's, it hasn't been without struggle that we've mm-hmm. gotten to the point where we're at the best time and place in the history of the mm-hmm. world. But, you know, when, when I'm talking with someone who looks different than, than me mm-hmm. and we can be equals, that's not something that, that either one of us would have expected a hundred years ago, but now we expect it or we should. Yeah. And we still have a lot, a long ways to go in so many regards, but again, it's because we've come so far that we can see the gap. Yeah, it's you know, it's what is Einstein's one, another favorite quote. You know, <laughs> Einstein, Speaking of Einstein, Einstein. I'm gonna, don't let me forget. I'm okay, I'll give. Uh, well, he said, he said, uh, you know, we see as far as we do because we stand on the shoulders of giants. And he was talking about Newton and some of the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla that was anyway. So okay. yeah, so uh, about there's Einstein. another book out called The Other Einstein. And that book is about Einstein's first wife and now having gone through her diaries and some of the letters back and forth to different people, it's looking like she was at least half, if not more, to credit for Einstein's theories because every night they would go over his theories and she would contribute her thoughts to what he was trying to develop. She was also a scientist. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, isn't yeah, it interesting? Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's 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 like um uh, well I know there's going to be a lot of examples. Hey, write to us at mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org uh, and uh, tell us your story. And so many examples that uh, throughout history. Uh, Marie Curie is one mm-hmm. that uh, comes to mind as uh, Madame Curie. Does that sound mm-hmm. familiar? Um and uh, she was um, uh, she was a scientist last century, and one of the one of the really famous scientists. Yeah, well, she also contributed to the I believe the she nuclear, contri- yeah to the scientist? creation of nuclear po- uh, nuclear power bo- powered bombs. Yeah, yeah, nuclear power, nuclear weapons. Um, there's that. Uh, uh, I'm not sure if this is actually one of my favorite quotes, but uh, I think it's Robert Oppenheimer. He, uh, you know, he he. Uh, uh, and I can't remember it now, but uh, you know something about I I, I have uh, I have become death, uh, and it's I think it's fr- actually from uh, the book of Revelation in the uh, New Testament of the Bible. You know, so um, but anyway, that's um, uh, that that's uh, nuclear 
power. Wow, we've really covered the gamut. <laughs> you know, we haven't gotten a whole lot into spiritual connectedness, but one of the things that I always uh, try to point out uh, when we're talking about uh, clean water everywhere, empowered girls, it's the it's the it's our connectedness as people, our spiritual connectedness, the realization that we are all really part of an infinite in, part of an infinity, that is the connection that makes a, a lot of this work. And as people come to realize this, and as we talk more with people about this, mm-hmm. more and more people set, tell us their stories about uh, what I, I consider mysticism. Yeah. And it's the uh, mysticism is having a spiritual experience that transcends one's religious experience or one's religious background. So... Are we going to break, or is there time to say something? There is time to say something. We got a couple minutes left, and then well, uh, that's I, I, about it. I was thinking yeah. that uh, I th- I believe that one thing that's contributed to the breakdown of some barriers and walls in the recent history has been our ability to communicate with people that we normally mm-hmm. wouldn't have, like whether they're in another country or whatever. And and part of that is through commerce, because you know if you're um, selling something to somebody in another country and you get to know them personally, mm-hmm. then they start to see that they're a human they're really being people, yeah. and they have the same emotions and goals and dreams. And yeah. and then maybe the stories that we've been told, they you start to see cracks in those stories because mm-hmm. it, you realize it doesn't hold up to to reality when yeah. your personal reality is, is different. Yeah. Well, we've been talking about uh, three things today, clean water, empowered girls, and spiritual connectedness on Brave Hearts Radio. Remember to check out our BraveHeartsForKids.org and follow and like us on Facebook and email me at missionspecialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Please plan to join us every Monday at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific. Next week, we'll be talking about the mission specialist as mentor, something I call circular mentoring. Everyone at the table brings something everyone else can benefit from. And uh, remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. We'll see you all next week. Until then, be well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Bravehearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time. 